Back to Puckett and the Gas Man on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining Sports Talk. Oh, it's not a good start for Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, he opened up with a triple on his first hole of the U.S. Open. He just uh, had another bogey. He is four over through two holes, uh, but no one else is doing anything good right now. In the clubhouse, Scott Piercy, Ian Poulter, one under. Uh, Peter Uline, he's on the course right now. He is two under uh, through five holes as we continue to cover the U.S. Open throughout the day. Now joining us on the super-studded Beacon Plumbing Hotline, the Bobby Wagner Beacon Plumbing Hotline, is our good friend Cliff Averill, who will be... Boy, we are now just a few weeks away, Cliff. Uh, you start yes, your really your close. radio career here at 950 KJR. How are things? How's yeah. vacation before you start work? <laughs> everything's going well. Everything's going well. Just hanging out with the kids. Packing up my house to move uh, to Seattle full time is, uh, is a lot of work, but uh, I'm, I'm embracing it. And your house is in uh, is it North Carolina? Did I hear? Yes, yes, we're in Charlotte. Is is, is that where I, I saw some uh, some cool stuff that you're doing with some kids out there? A football camp or something? Is that where that's taking place? No, actually, I'm I'm down here in Jacksonville, back at home. Uh, this is where I'm, I'm hosting my uh, I want to say my fifth year of uh, uh, sixth year football camp. And a uh, family fun day that I, I put on for the community here in Jacksonville. Good for you, man. That's great. Cliff, what's that address in North Carolina? Just I want to send something to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't you, remember just that quick. <laughs> yeah, and when you say you're packing up your house, are you really packing it up, or is we got the movers out there doing that? Well, I, I'm actually packing certain rooms up, okay. uh, and then we'll, we'll have the movers do the rest. But it's still a lot. Uh, my wife handles all that, though. I get to talk to you guys. Oh, yeah, but it's it's the worst, isn't oh. it? Because some of it falls on you. And no, nobody gets off scot-free, and there is nothing. I had a weird situation where I had to move like four times in about three years recently. And, A, you get rid of a lot of stuff, and you start thinking, why am I just throwing this away? I paid a lot of money. And then, B, it's just a pain in the neck, isn't it? It is, it is. It's a pain in the neck. Um, but, you know, also just moving so far away makes it so expensive. Right. And, and that's more so That's that's more so my concern is, I'm like, do we really have to take all this stuff with us? So, uh, yeah. And then yeah, how much, you don't want to argue too much. And then how much you purge. See, when you, when you move, and I like to purge like every few months my house. I just like to start throwing stuff out. Get a garbage can yeah, no, and start throwing you. it in the trash. I'm with you, that's, and that's where we're at right now. I'm like, okay, we're going to give this away. We're going to donate this. We're going to do this, and we still have a bunch of crap. And I'm like, all right, I don't want to pay for all this stuff to go to Seattle. You know, right? and, so we got to figure something out. And Cliff, as you know, and yes, you know this as well, the good news is you're you're going from a, a great city in, in Charlotte to really in a housing market in Seattle that's really low right now. It's yeah, not yeah. hot. Oh, yeah. So you probably could get a, get a screaming deal on a house. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. It is complete it's the complete opposite of the South, that's for sure. Uh I mean, just looking at homes in Seattle, you're like, yeah, I don't know about this move, baby. It's kinda expensive. <laughs> but no, nah, I'm I'm excited. It's 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 fun. The housing market out there is is, is a little high, but Oof. you know, that's good for everybody if if you can afford it, I guess. <laughs> you you're nice. You your family is still kind of growing and there's all that. 
When, the last time I moved, we were doing a downsize. We had one entire room full of furniture that we packed on a truck and sent off to, to Goodwill or to something. And I remember standing there thinking, this is really irritating because I worked hard to get all that stuff. My <laughs> wife and I, we worked hard to acquire all these things, and now we're just giving them. You know, Cliff, I just turned into a jerk. I can afford to do this. And I'm like, why am I giving this away? <laughs> I trust me, we're going through the same thing. Well, I know I am. Yeah. Obviously, you know, paying for it. So I'm like, you surely want to throw that couch away? Like, right. uh, we've only had it for like four years. Like, well, no, we can't take it to Seattle. Like, I, somebody can use this. We can sell it, something. I don't know. But um, so, yeah, we're going through that process too. But uh, we're, again, we're excited for the move. It, it should be fun. Good. So, uh, mini camp's wrapping up today. I'm, I'm sure that you probably miss going to mini camp, right? Yeah, not one bit. Not one bit. <laughs> what is it? What is minicamp like? I mean, now because and we'll get into Earl Thomas holding out and all that. But mm-hmm. um, you know, for a veteran, I know it's probably different from a guy that's been in the league for a number of years, opposed to a rookie or first or second year player. But when you mm-hmm. when you graduated towards being a veteran, what um, yep. what was annoying about minicamp to you? Uh, knowing about minicamp, I would say um, really it's just the, the the fact that you you have to go through this. It's basically like an exit meeting or exit practices for the summer to get ready for camp or whatever. But nothing really changes. I mean, minicamp practices are are just a long version of OTA practices, really. Mm-hmm. And then you know a little bit, a few more a uh, few more um, meetings or whatever. But there's not such there's not a big difference between OTA and minicamp practice. It's just time consuming. And it's boring, and you're going over the same stuff you've been going over for the last two months. Um, so it, it's just boring, and you're banging against guys you've been banging against, you know, for the last three months. Is it is it better when you're younger? In other words, you're you're a veteran guy now. You've stepped away from the game, even. Uh, but when you're in a first or second year, do you as as a player think you know I, I I need everything I can get here. I'm trying to learn this at the highest possible level. Are, are is your attitude different when you're a little bit newer in the league? Yes, most definitely. Um, you still have to prove yourself. You know, when you're younger, uh, every opportunity you get on the football field, you got to prove yourself. So for mini camps, I know m- me personally, um, I remember my first few mini camps, I was trying to show out. I was just, I just wanted to leave a good impression on the coaches going into the summer. Um, and, and so that's how they have to approach it. But as you get older, you hate it more and more. <laughs> What do you what do you so what do you think? I mean I I mean I think we all know what's going through Earl's head. I mean he's made it perfectly clear. I I just want a new I want a new contract. You know, I want mm-hmm. I want to I want to earn more money. Um you know, this is one of those weird situations, Cliff, that you get you get people that understand where the players are coming from, then you get some fans who don't understand. I hey, listen, you you're under contract. You're making eight and a half mm-hmm. million dollars a year. I mean, I would love to make eight mm-hmm. and a half million dollars a year. Why don't you just play? You're under contract. Uh, take take us yeah. in take us inside that of being a former player of understanding of where he is coming from in terms of holding out and wanting more money. See, uh, the, my only issue with this 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 situation in the media and 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 people's perception is athletes are the only time it, when athletes ask for money is the only time people have an issue with mm. them wanting to be paid according to their work. Everybody in America wants to be paid. To what they bring, uh, you know, what they bring to to, to the job or whatever, um, and everybody wants a pay raise. Everybody, if they feel like they've outperformed their contracts or whatever, people want pay raises. But when athletes want it, it's a problem, and I, I don't I don't agree with that. As far as for Earl, I think he he deserves it. 
He's the best safety in the league. He's the best safety, one of the best safeties that ever walked through uh, the Seattle Seahawks locker room. He deserves to be paid, um, and he's taking a stance. And, um, you know, I, I hope he gets paid because they definitely need him back there. Uh, and, and he brings a lot to the game. He brings a lot to the locker room. You know, Cliff, the other thing about this, and I'm almost always on the player's side in these things, and I wish Earl was here. I wish this wasn't messy. But here's the thing, and I mean, I'll, I'll put one right in your, your wheelhouse. I'm sure you're going to agree with this. While it's easy for a fan to be saying, why isn't he there? Why? Well, the reason he's not there is because this is really the only leverage he has. If, if he wants a raise, which he does, this, you know, I kind of fault the NFL for not having a better system. And I don't know what it would be. I mean, I, I, well, I'd abolish the salary cap. They're never going to do that. But, but this is the only thing he can do really to, to try and capitalize on his situation. I mean, I totally understand why he's doing it. I mean, I get it too. I mean, the, the window, the window in the NFL. Most guys, let's think about this. Most guys' average in the NFL is on two and a half years, three years, or whatever it is. So to get a chance to get a, a big bite at the apple, meaning you know, going to free agency or a new contract, you have to take full advantage of these opportunities because it doesn't happen often. Um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm pro players trying to get paid as fast as possible. This window is only if you're fortunate enough to play 10, 12, 15 years, like that's a small part of your life, a small part, you know, it's a short career per se compared to everybody else. So I, I definitely, you know, hope he can get paid. Um, hopefully they, you know, this is the only way you can make a stand, I guess, when you have a contract dispute and this is what he's doing. You think he, you think he'll push this now? It's one thing is mini camp. You think he would push yeah. this into training camp? I don't know. See, I'm not even a big fan. I'm not a big fan of guys giving money back to the back to the team. You know, these fines are pretty hefty. So, I, me personally, I would have told him to go to minicamp, but, you know, don't practice. Your back is tight. Your hamstring hurts. I don't know. Something, but I wouldn't have practiced. But I'm not a big fan of giving. I don't know what the numbers are nowadays, but it's pretty crazy. He I'm not can, a big fan of guys doing that. He can be fined up to, I think, if minicamp, up to the max, I think it was like eighty four thousand, but it's to the team's discretion on it. I mean, they don't the team doesn't have to find him if they don't want to, but if he does and he's gonna miss all of minicamp and he has, I think it's like eighty four thousand dollars. I'm not sure. I don't know what it is for for minicamp. Yeah. Did, did you ever hold out? Yeah, I've held out before. Um I've held out, but fortunately, my holdouts were ne- like more so being franchised and wanting new deals. But I hadn't signed a contract, so I didn't get fined for the days that I was holding out. Um, so it's a little different situation. But again, I, I don't. I, I've always told guys we're in the business of, of, you know, we're not in the business of giving money back. And and I don't. I don't think he should, you know, do that that way. But he also can negotiate that as well with the team when they do continue to negotiate his contract as part of the deal is to, you know, not get fined. Kind of curious about this from from your perspective. Now, you weren't playing at this time, and I'm not sure. Were you with the team when they were in Dallas for that, that game? Which one? Is that the, 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 one, the game Lockie got hurt in? No, 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 no. This last year, the one at the end of the year, where they won, where they kept oh, their playoff yes. hopes alive. Yes, 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 yes. I was there when he ran to the <laughs> yeah, what? Let me ask you, because I, I thought that, hey, man, I mean, it's like, from my perspective, right? I'm, I can come at it as from a fan, right? My perspective mm-hmm. was, man, you just won this huge game. Your playoff mm-hmm. hopes are still alive. And one of your best players is going in a locker room and asking a coach to come get me. I want to play for you guys next year. <laughs> like, And I know it's Earl being Earl. And, and, but but what, how was that perceived among you guys and the team when he did that? 
it all depends on who who you ask. It all depends on who's doing it as well. Like everybody understand. Like everyone in the locker room understand who Earl is. Everybody understand. You know where where he comes from, and uh, everybody understand that he's a huge Cowboy fan as well. Although he plays for the Seahawks. Um, but I, I I didn't take I didn't I actually talked to him after the game on the plane. I'm like you know like what what, what was up with that? He's like man. Things were just going through my head, and I just made it. I just did it, but you know, I hope people didn't take it the wrong way or whatever. Like, no, people definitely took it the wrong way. You know, <laughs> no, no, nope, everyone took it the wrong way. <laughs> they definitely took it the wrong way, but you know, and as I'm talking to them, I'm like, I understand, bro. Like, people aren't going to understand your point of view, but I understand, uh, you know, what you were trying to do or what you were doing or and who you are, why you did it, you know. But, but. um it's interesting. I know if I was playing, I probably would have felt some kind of way, but then at the same time, I would have had the conversation with him and I would have felt fine about it. You know, the bigger concern here is is uh, because the fans are going to react the way they're going to react, and, and we talk about it in the media and everything. Would, would you say something like that? Does that undermine team chemistry? Did it divide the team at all? Or, or do you think it was not as big a deal within the locker room in the, in the wake of what happened? I don't think it was a big deal. One, they won the game, so that that's a plus. That, right. that, that lightens the load. But also understanding that what you have in Earl, regardless of what jersey he has on, he's going to go out there and give you 110%. And at the time, he's still a Seahawk player, and you know he's going to have your back. So uh, I don't think it rubbed anybody the wrong way to the point where it messed up chemistry or guys started doubting if he's going to play hard or anything like that. You know every Sunday he's going to show up and yeah. he's going to show out. Um, so it didn't really bother guys too much. But but it would be safe to say because it's. I mean, I don't care what level of sports you played. I what you know, it doesn't matter if it's if it's pee wee, middle school, high mm-hmm. school. I mean, locker rooms in any sport, not everyone's going to get along. I mean, that's just there's no way. Yes. And especially in football, you have fifty three odd guys. Not everyone's going to exactly. agree on anything. It would be safe to say that not everybody when he did that, not everybody was like. Oh, I totally understand what you were doing when you said that. No. There had to be a few players yeah, yeah, that were upset sure. about. No, no, I agree. I mean, like you just said, right? It's fifty-three grown men in a locker room. Everybody have their own priorities. Everybody has their own way of dealing with stuff. You're, everybody, everyone's not going to get along. That's just the fact of it. But one thing about it, all guys will go out there and bust their behind and do their job. Because at the end of the day, like, everybody wants to keep their job and keep the checks and all those different things. So guys are going to bust their tail regardless of if they don't like the person next to them. They're going to do what they need to do to be successful within the scheme. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of the mindset of, of most locker rooms. And this is interesting, too, because while it's front and center right now for us, Earl won't be the first guy if, let's say, he comes in and things get smoothed over. A lot of other guys have walked this path. Sometimes it can take a team off the tracks, but, Cliff, sometimes it doesn't have any impact at all and, and everybody's able to move past it, and, and we won't know. We'll have to wait and see how this one plays out. But this, this doesn't necessarily undermine the upcoming season. No, no, not at all. I, I mean, I, I think the media makes a big deal out of it. People that aren't necessarily in the locker room make a big deal out of it. But guys understand that the window is small, so right. you have to capitalize when you can, you know. And you don't get into other people's business when it comes down to their contract situation. So, uh, you know, that that's kind of like a, a unspoken rule. You know, you don't that like that's none of your business. You know, uh, just know when he gets back out on the football field, you're going to accept him, and you know what you're going to get out of that guy. Do you think that's? Pr- I'm glad you brought that up. 
Because do you think that's a regret? I mean, I'm asking you to get inside Earl's head, and no one wants to get inside Earl's head. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> you think that's a regret for him because he was pretty outspoken when Cam held out. I mean, he wasn't a fan of it, and and now he's doing yeah. he's doing the same thing. So well, it's, so I, I bet he understands it now. <laughs> I bet he has yeah. a better understanding of what Cam was trying to do. You know, um, I don't, I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, sometimes people, you know, in, until you're in that situation, you don't necessarily understand what these people, what they're processing, what, why they're doing what they're doing. Sometimes these holdouts don't work, and sometimes they do. You got to take the chance because this is the only time you actually have a, a, a voice to make a statement that you want to be paid more or you want a long-term deal. The man wants to be a Seahawk for for life. I mean, that, that's a good thing in my eyes if I'm a fan. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, did you see what Mr. Unlimited did? No, what did he do? What happened? Oh, you see what new hobby he picked up? No. What, he's, flying, he's flying helicopters now. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> what is, what are you going right? to... Yeah, he's That's flying. no good. That's not I a good know. idea. I think the Seahawks should put something in the contract. We don't need our star quarterback flying helicopters around the Pacific <laughs> Northwest. I don't know. I'm that, Just one man's opinion here. Yeah, well, I mean, can they stop you from doing what you want to do? No, not I really. Not. I think I think the only thing you can't do is ride motorcycles. But, you know, Jimmy Graham flies planes. Yeah. Everybody's cool with it. But if the quarterback does something, you know, guys aren't too happy. They're, they're a little shaky or whatever about it. But Russ is trying everything out. I think I've seen something where he's he gotten uh, uh, one of these race cars with Mercedes-Benz or something. Took a few laps or something like that. Russ is living his best life. He's trying everything He sure out. is. And he's going to be a baseball owner. He wants to own the baseball team in Portland. See, the man's a businessman. The yeah. man's a business. Russ is one smart guy. Now. Yeah, he's capitalizing sure. on every opportunity. Um, uh, what was I going to ask you? Uh, yeah, hey, I don't know. You're probably not a big golf fan. You're a Tiger fan, though? I'm a Tiger fan, but uh, yeah, I'm not a big golf. I'm, I just started trying to play golf, um, oh, and, and it's a very, very, very hard sport oh. uh, mentally for athletes like myself. It's hard. It's the worst sport. It's I, I have a love hate affair with it. I love it, but then I hate it. And I think even golfers yeah. they have a love hate affair with it. All right, uh, get back to packing, and we'll see you in a few weeks, July 9th, the uh, the very first show. I'm actually taking that day off, so it'll just be you by yourself for three hours. <laughs> but I think you're going to do a great job. I appreciate it. I hope I hope somebody's in there with me. I'll bring somebody <laughs> along. <laughs> All right, Cliff. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks for having me. There he See is. you, Cliff.